amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Eric Paulson here, and I am with the legend, Bill Medley. Hello, Bill. Hello, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great, and I know you're in Vegas right now uh, performing your shows, but you're going to be hitting the road pretty soon and hitting our neck of the woods here. Yeah, we've got the best of both worlds. We get to kind of sit down for about three days here in Las Vegas, and then we uh, get to go out and uh, and do concerts on the weekend and come out and see all you wonderful people out there. It's fantastic. The Righteous Brothers performing in Milwaukee at the Paps Theater. Saturday, May 18th, and then Madison at the Capitol Theater on Sunday, May 19th. And, you know, Bill, for you, uh, I know this is really wild and cool because, you know, the Righteous Brothers performing as the Righteous Brothers again. Uh, of course, it's you and Bucky Hurd now. And you had uh, with you, of course, forever Bobby Hatfield, who is a Wisconsin native. Yes, he is. Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. Yep, which is right basically between Madison and Milwaukee and just north a little bit. Lovely town. Now, let's go back a little ways because your, your history is really fascinating here. I mean, you've always had the, your distinct bass baritone voice, and you, you were with a number of groups and everything before you and Bobby got together. So let's go back to the 60s, first of all. You had a group called uh, Paramore? Yeah, the Paramores. We were, uh, actually, it was my group, the Paramores, and and uh but bobby had a group uh, called the variations and we were both raised in southern california and we were aware of each other i'd go in and watch him he'd come watch me because it was pretty pretty interesting that two two white guys were singing rhythm and blues <laughs> in in the same little uh county and uh then a mutual friend of ours came back, uh, home from vegas and wanted to put together a group that he thought could get work uh, all the time. So he took Bobby and Bobby's drummer and myself and my guitar player and put us all together. And we were the Paramours. And that, that was a, for about seven or eight months. And a friend of mine that owned a record company came in to see us. And uh, I, I had written this song, Little Latin Loopy Lou, and... <laughs> And we sang it that night, and he said, boy, I love that song. Why don't we record it? So we uh, we went in, just Bobby and I, and uh, recorded it. And uh, we called ourselves the Righteous Brothers, because uh, that's what the Black Marines were calling us. They were coming in because they heard there was these two white guys down at the club singing rhythm and blues. <laughs> and they would come in, and if they, like, if they saw it, a great car or something. They said, "Boy, what a righteous-looking car!" Which meant good. Mm-hmm. If they liked it as a friend, they'd call your brother. So a lot of times they would call. We'd come to work and say, "Hey, righteous brother, how you doing?" Which meant good friend. And uh, so we used the name, and it it took. And man, we just uh, we we never landed. Well, that's good that that became your inspiration. And a lot of times uh, people will call you blue-eyed soul. You like that term? It's interesting how that came about. 
Yeah, well, we were very proud of the fact that, you know, because we were singing rhythm and blues, and uh, <clears throat> which is a, a pretty much black black music, and uh, and we loved all the black artists, and uh, and so we we thought it was, uh, you know, very cool that that uh, the Black Marines named us, and then. There was there was a, a a black disc jockey I think in Philadelphia and they wouldn't play white rec, white uh, artists and white stations wouldn't play black artists in in those days and um, but when Love and Feeling came out they finally said you know heck with it these guys are black these guys <laughs> these guys are uh, you know and. Uh, so the disc jockey started saying, okay, folks, here's my blue-eyed soul brothers singing Love and Feeling. And what he was doing was uh, telling his audience that we were white because uh, blacks used to refer to a white person as a blue-eyed blue-eyed guy. So he called us uh, blue-eyed soul brothers, and uh, and then blue-eyed soul, everybody started calling us a Blue-eyed Soul Brothers, and it just caught on. And but we were very, uh, very honored that all that came from the black audiences and uh, the disc jockeys. That's very cool. That's a background story I haven't heard because I've heard Blue Eye Soul be applied to so many artists over time. It it really yeah. kind of started with you guys and and radio, particularly yeah. in in Philadelphia. That's really cool. Yeah. And you've lost that loving feeling. Of course, remains the most played song in the history of radio and has resurrected itself at times. I mean, it's never gone away, but it got new life in movies. A couple of your songs have done that. Top Gun in 1986 brought that song back big time. Yeah, you know, The Righteous Brothers' career looks like a a bad Elvis movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it just looks like, well, that that would never happen. But yeah, in, in 86, they put Love and Feeling in Top Gun. Then I think the next year, 87, I did the song... I've had the time of my life for Dirty Dancing. Then the next year, uh, uh, 88 or 89, they they put Ghost uh, in, or they put uh, Unchained, Unchained Melody, Melody in mm-hmm. Ghost. And, uh, and so it, it, was, it was quite remarkable. And so how did that feel when those songs came back to essentially a new generation in terms of audience? What what was that like? I mean, I'm sure that boosted your shows. I'm sure that brought in some more uh, royalties, if you will. But I mean, that just had to be an amazing feeling. Yeah, it was absolutely uh, a, a new surge. I mean, we were back bigger than ever, and and it was just amazing that the audience would be filled with uh, older people and their kids. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty. Not was. Uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing to have happen. Well, and a lot of people who are a little older remember a show called Shindig back in the 60s. Yeah. And that yeah. show lives on for younger audiences who want to see performances. That lives on via YouTube and things like that. Now, you yeah. were on that show quite a bit, right? Yeah, we were regulars uh, on Shindig. Matter of fact, we were on the Beatle Tour. We were on the first American Beatle Tour. <laughs> And we asked uh, Brian Epstein if we could leave early so we could go back and do <clears throat> do the pilot for uh, for this TV show called Shindig. 
And, uh, you know, only the Righteous Brothers could leave the Beatle tour (laughs) (laughs) and go do something that was going to turn out really good. Oh, that's great. Yeah, those crisscrossed at about the same time. And you also opened for the Rolling Stones on some of their tours. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they, uh, we were on their first American tour. And yeah, man, I mean, that, listen, 64 and 65 were pretty amazing two years for us. And you kept going with more songs after you had Soul and Inspiration. And then uh, you and Bobby parted ways for a little while, kind of to pursue more solo careers, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, split up in 68. I, I kind of started out as a singer-songwriter, so I kind of wanted to finish that dream. And then we went back together in uh, 74, then in uh, 76, and we had a song called Rock and Roll Heaven. Oh, yeah. Then my, my ex-wife passed away in 76, and I had a 10-year-old son, and I was a single parent, so I took some time off. I took about six years off to uh, raise my son or at least get him on his feet. Mm-hmm. Then we went back in 82, I think we did a 20th anniversary tour. And then we were kind of back together, this and that. And then those movies hit and and uh, we just uh, put it all back together and went out and did it. And from ni- 1990 to about 2003, when Bobby passed away. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how it could keep coming back and coming back. Uh, during your solo time, and speaking of the Beatles, uh, I believe it was on the Grammys back in 1969, you performed Hey Jude. Yeah, yeah I did. Because it was nominated yeah. in a bunch of categories. It didn't win any of them, but you sang it there. Uh, Elvis was covering it around that same time. Yeah. And then I saw it on Barbara McNair's show, which I believe was up in Canada, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that lives on on YouTube too, Bill. Everything's on that thing. Right. <laughs> what made what get what made you sing Hey Jude? Well they, they asked me if I would sing one of the five nominated songs and I just and they were surprised when I said I want to do Hey Jude because coming from rhythm and blues and rhythm and blues is kinda of coming from gospel and I just felt that Hey Jude have or could have kind of a gospel feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I felt that that it was the kind of song that I could really bite into, and and it turned out remarkably well. Matter of fact, it's one of one of the highlights of my career. That night, it was a real special, real special night. It was very cool, and frankly, the second half of the song, the lyrics are really easy to remember. So that's good. Oh, real, real easy, yeah. <laughs> so now, fast forwarding, of course, we we lost Bobby in two thousand three. And I know that was hard, and uh, but and you you kept going and you kept performing, uh, but it would be a little while before you could find another righteous brother who could come close to measuring up. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I really didn't have any thought of putting the righteous brothers back together, but uh, I started to get a lot of fan mail and people in the industry saying, "Boy, you ought to do it." People still want to hear that music and this and that. So I was getting a lot of pressure to do it, and I just didn't think there would be anybody that could replace Bobby Hatfield. And uh, so I was doing some work in Branson, Missouri, and a good friend of mine, Bucky Hurd, was was also working there. And and I went down to see him one night, and he, he did a couple of Journey songs. And he just killed him. I said, holy man. And, and Bucky and I had been friends for, for years. 
And I said, man, if he if he can do that, he could probably he probably could fill in for Bobby Hatfield. So we sat down, discussed it, and sat at the piano and went through songs and it put a little like Bobby and I, pretty magical, you know, just kind of it just worked. Mm-hmm. So it just fit right, and you said, hey, you know what? Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, we. Yeah, I had uh, Harris here in Las Vegas after me to put the Righteous Brothers back together and come and do a residency show. They said, well, let's just try it for three months. If it works, fine. If it doesn't, uh, fine. So, uh, you know, Bucky and I really put it together for those three months, and it was remarkably successful, real successful. And now we're going on our fourth year here, so... Yeah, it, 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 you know, like I said, you, you, you can't replace Bobby Hatfield. He truly was one of a kind. But boy, Bucky Heard uh, does an amazing job of filling in. Well, the reviews have been really great, and it's very nice, actually, if you're in Vegas at what's essentially a residency, you can work out all the kinks and see what works best without having to be out on the road all the time, which I'm sure yeah, that, that helps. That, that, yeah, it helps a lot, you know, because when you're out on the road, Every concert that you do feels like opening night, you know, <laughs> you know, and when you're here for like three days every week, you get a chance to relax a little bit. Let's just try that. Let's try this. And you just don't, uh, you don't, you don't do that on concerts. You know, you, you put your best foot forward. Well, and you, you get to do that here in Wisconsin coming up here uh, again Saturday, May 18th at the Paps Theater and Sunday, May 19th at the Capitol Theater. Both really beautiful historic venues. And uh, so what can people, I mean, uh, like I said, the reviews have been really good uh, and you perform Righteous Brothers songs and some others. What can people expect when they come to the show? Well, 90%, you know, we're very conscious of, we know, we know why the people are there. They want to they hear those songs. So we make sure we get all those songs in, and we do all the songs that the Righteous Brother hits. And then then we do a a couple of other things. We do a tribute to the veterans and and, uh, just a couple of other things, but 90% of it is uh, Righteous Brother music. Well, and a number of your solo songs are in there, if I'm not mistaken. A couple. (laughs) (laughs) A couple select ones? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have a video board behind you and everything like that, too? Yeah. When we do Unchained Melody, Bobby Hatfield sang mm-hmm. the lead on Unchained Melody, and I sing it in the show, and we, we, we show a, uh, a video of it's a tribute to Bobby, and it's pretty soulful, and we do a video on the uh, when we do the veterans thing okay so they're just designed really to highlight the songs and and really yeah. help bring that much more emotion into it for a lot of the people yeah, in the just audience. A little bit. yeah what's your previous uh experience been in in wisconsin or milwaukee or madison do you have uh have you i mean obviously bobby was from here originally but have you uh done much here of of a personal note i think i've worked there two or three times uh i know the righteous brothers we worked Went in and out there a lot because I can remember Bobby bragging to the audience that, <laughs> that he was a hometown boy. But uh, I know it's beautiful there, and, and, and we love it there. We're excited about coming. Well, we're excited to see you, and the nice part is, I mean, within within a 75-mile radius, two chances to see you and Bucky performing as the Righteous Brothers, 
Again, the Paps Theater, Saturday, May 18th, and the Capitol Theater, Sunday, May 19th. Yeah. I'd just like to tell, you know, uh, the people out there that I guarantee that they'll have a good time. We, we have a great time on on stage. It's uh, pretty loose, but we take we take the songs real serious. But we have a lot of fun doing the show. and They will get more than they think they were going to see. <laughs> Okay. Bill Medley, I really appreciate you taking time out to talk with me. We're excited to see you in Milwaukee and in Madison again, May 18th and 19th. Have a great time there in Vegas, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. We're going to do it. I appreciate it, my brother. Come and say hi. I definitely will, Bill. Thank you so much for your cool. time today. Thanks, sir. Thank you, man. Righteous brother and legend Bill Medley right there on the Aircast. This has been episode 23, an interview with Bill Medley ahead of two Wisconsin shows for May 2019. But regardless of the timing, the stories are fascinating and the music and stories are timeless. I'm Eric Paulson. I appreciate you listening to this Cast episode. Stand by for episode 24 and we look forward to talking with you again. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.